It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right it. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. That was uh, Flint's own Greg Nagy opening up the show with kind of a weather report uh, from this past week. We've actually seen some sun and some warm weather, and uh, we got a great show coming up uh, today. Uh, sad news from the British Isles. Uh, uh, Prince Philip, Queen Elizabeth II's husband, has died at age 99 at... Uh, his home in Windsor Castle after well, not not a lingering illness but uh, he, he just been home from the hospital for a very short time and uh, just a couple of months shy of his uh, 100th birthday we're gonna pay homage to the royal family uh, coming up in just a little bit during the third half of our three-hour tour we're gonna talk with a uh, scholar of cinema Andrew Arish who has uh, written a book that'll be out uh, well it'll be out this June about America's first great motion picture studio Vitagraph I hadn't heard of it but uh, we're gonna learn a little bit about it and how it got started this is uh, actually before the golden age of Hollywood and uh, we'll, we'll get into it with uh, film historian Andrew Arish in the third half of our three-hour tour. Before that, we're going to talk about uh, a new book called Soundbite from America's college counselor Sarah Harberson. It's the admissions secret that gets you into college and beyond. But we're going to start out talking about uh, um, our friends at uh, ZenReach. Um, have uh, just pulled up some data and and noticed a trend a 90-day trend this year over last year starting January 1st of 2021 there's been a 47.4 percent increase in in in-store visits and foot traffic to retail and restaurant establishments now, I don't know if that means things are getting better or we're making things worse, but we're going to talk about that and much more with the uh, Vice President uh, of Marketing for ZenReach, Megan Winterstein. 
is joining me in just a couple of minutes and and we'll get into all that but uh coming up uh in the in the third segment this hour um toward the end of the hour we're gonna pay homage to the royal family and uh, bring back a, an interview that i did with uh, queen elizabeth 10 years ago uh, almost exactly 10 years ago about a uh, royal wedding now i know we're going to be seeing a royal funeral here in the near future and we'll see how that plays out with the pandemic still a factor but big al muscovito from the uh, dick Purton show <laughs> portrayed queen elizabeth uh, with me for uh, an interview about the royal wedding 10 years ago of uh, will and kate and uh, we'll we'll revisit that um, as as part of our hat tip to the royal family uh, hopefully uh, something light-hearted um, in the midst of uh, what's a, a very sad event for uh, the royal family and for brits in general i would think the passing of prince philip at age 99 anyway stay tuned we're going to get uh, we're going to get um megan winterstein up next <laughs> and welcome back everybody this is the tom sumner program and uh there's good news for the offline retail industry, according to a recent uh, survey done by uh, Zenreach, and um, it indicates that shoppers are steadily returning to in-store shopping and dining in 2021, even uh, as the uh, pandemic continues. But we're going to talk about that a little bit, what some of the trends are and uh, some of the ups and downs of this information are with the... Uh, Vice President of Marketing from ZenReach, Megan Winterstein, who joins me by phone. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. Um, is this uh, study that was done um, and the data collected, is that something that's typically done and you're just comparing these numbers to previous studies? Yeah, so actually this isn't necessarily a study as you would traditionally think of it. So our company, ZenReach, we're a tech firm who focuses on, uh, you know, really pushing foot traffic to brick-and-mortar retailers. And our technology pairs with Wi-Fi in our merchants' right. stores, in the physical stores. So that's really where we get the data from. So we have a network of over 50 million customers, and we're tracking those trends across the country. And 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 I guess what I'm saying is the report, the the data that you're culling from from your collection of data um is that something that's that's compared to the numbers you saw um like say from january of 2020 to january of 2021 that sort of thing yeah so we do have the ability to do that however obviously those numbers are down i think you know looking at our q1 data what we've seen is a 47.4 percent lift in overall visits to brick-and-mortar stores, and so that's really what's driving this optimism in the space. But when you talk about that that 47.2% uh, um, increase, 
is it that seems really really high is that compared to numbers that were very low to begin with i see yeah so that's comparing what the traffic looked like on january 1st of 2021 through the end of the quarter so march 31st 2021 so we're looking at the rise in foot traffic over the quarter oh okay so you're saying in you know um that this uh, 47% increase has happened over a three-month period. That's correct. And and it's been steadily going up all year. Is is that is what we're witnessing? Uh, is is your analysis of this data that you're actually mapping the return? to in-person shopping and dining? Yes, that's correct. Yep. And I think really what this demonstrates is just a, a growth in consumer confidence, right? Like we saw <clears throat> we saw foot traffic levels really dip around um, pretty much right after Thanksgiving through the holidays. They were incredibly low. Um, and so seeing this rise kind of over the course of the first few months of 2021 – is a really positive sign. Do you attribute, I mean, it sounds very optimistic to say that this is the return of consumer confidence, but how much of it do you think is driven purely by COVID fatigue? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure that plays a part of it. You know, there's a lot of pent-up consumer demand. We hit that kind of year anniversary of being quarantined in these regulations, and and. There's no doubt that that absolutely plays into consumers' mindsets when they're thinking about how much more they can or can't tolerate from a quarantine perspective. Uh, but I think the steadiness of growth that we're seeing is uh, is indicative of good things to come. And do you think that the uh, president is on track when he says he thinks that uh, people should be able to start getting together in small groups and and uh, letting their guard down a little bit by the 4th of July. Do you think he's on track with that? You know, I'm not an expert by any means, but I, I do think that, you know, there's a lot of optimism associated with the rollout of the vaccine. A lot of the, I think, wasn't his goal to ultimately allow everyone to get it after the beginning of May. So, Considering if things like that are on track and, you know, barring any any other, you know, unforeseen circumstances, I know that we're also seeing a lot of different strains of the, the virus kind of crop up and that's maybe changing what the experts' expectations were. Um, but I don't think that that's unreasonable. Now, does that mean we're going to hit a new normal by July? Probably not. Um, but I think you know, small gatherings. We're seeing that in some of the regions where that's where the virus is more contained now. More about retail and restaurant traffic increases with Megan Winterstein from ZenReach straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More about retail and restaurant traffic increases with Megan Winterstein from ZenReach straight ahead. Yeah, let's let's talk about some of the regions because one of the things that the uh, data you looked at from ZenReach shows is how how states and regions are comparing to each other in terms of these uh, trends toward a new normal. Um, what were some of the areas that were um, up especially high? Well, what's interesting is that the, I know that you're based out of Michigan, right? So yeah. the Detroit, Warren, and Dearborn uh, metro area saw a 215% lift in traffic over Q1. So as you can tell, that's much higher than the average of the 47%, which I cited earlier. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised by that um, because the, uh, because right now Michigan leads the country in uh, uh, virus surge, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But Pittsburgh was at the top at 293.7%, yes. Detroit at 215%, and uh, the Santa Maria, Santa Barbara, California area uh, at 176.3%. Those were the top three. I was a little surprised that we didn't see, you know, more from Florida and Texas, you know, some of the states that that started opening up and and trying to get back to normal very quickly. Yeah, I I I I was too, you know, I I would I would suspect that some of these lifted numbers are due to regulations, but it's probably also to due to the weather changing like you said. Uh, COVID fatigue, um, but yeah, those top three were the ones that we were seeing in our data that you mentioned. Um, was there uh, was there a particular state that had um, multiple cities that that were doing particularly well? Were there states doing better than other states, or is all your information uh, broken out by uh, metropolitan areas? From a state perspective, Michigan overall saw a 117% lift. Wow. Pennsylvania saw about 113% lift, so that jives very well with what we were seeing at the DMA level. Um, and then from there, the the next two kind of in order were Minnesota and Illinois, actually. Um, is, there, is there any... Uh statistical reason why those uh, those states would present so high in, in other words are, are those places where zenreach has more clients than in other areas yeah that's a good question actually no those areas would not be a place that we would have more or less than other areas but all the data that we're sharing has been deemed as statistically significant so you've you've factored in um, having more information from some areas and less information from other areas and tried to find a statistical balance. That's correct. Ah. Um, now, how how often are the readings taken to generate reports like this, or is is the tech um, 
set up so that you could literally run this report every day? We could literally run this report every day. That's right, yeah. So it's really just a matter of when we decide to package and share. I think from a quarterly perspective, that makes sense because it really does change day by day. Um, so looking at the trend over time is, is uh, probably a more accurate view. What are some of the factors that might make it change from day to day? Is it is it weather? Is it uh, news events? Uh, a big game on TV? Sure, yeah. It's anything that's going to affect brick-and-mortar traffic at any given place. So, yeah, weather has a ton to do with it. Um, even, like, you know, we think of weather on the day-to-day, whether it's sunny or rainy, but even, like, more like natural disasters, like, but traffic would stall in specific areas if, if things like that cropped up. And and we've had some of that. Yes, yep. With uh, tornadoes and, and flooding um, this this uh, particular spring. Um, which, which are you able to track um, more closely, restaurants or retail establishments? Are restaurants more likely to subscribe to ZenReach? We actually have a really strong, um, we have a strong merchant base in both categories. I would say overall the company really got started in the F&B space, so that's where a lot of our clientele is. Sure. Um, but it's both, it's both retail, restaurants, recreation and entertainment, really anything that relies on the brick-and-mortar experience um, can use Enrage. Do the, um, do the clients... Uh the merchants at, at ZenReach, um, do they tend to be uh, skewed a little bit more toward national chains? Actually, um, at the moment, it's actually the opposite. So a lot of our base is made up of small business owners or mid-market, um, anything from 10 to 50 locations, uh you know, from a national perspective, we absolutely have clients like that, but I think the majority of the data is coming from more uh, more mid-market and small business owners. Is there, uh, is there a way to tell if um, a lot of people have been talking throughout this past year about when they get back to in-person visits that they really want to push uh, small business and and in keep local is is there any evidence that that people are are sticking to that as they venture out and start visiting in person that's a great question and i'm going to take that back to my team to look into because <laughs> i think that would make a great story well, I, I it just I, I couldn't help thinking about that because, um, and that's that's why I wanted to ask if you uh, think you have you know more big businesses versus small businesses, um, and and what the uh, what the trends what the trends were. I, I would think the larger businesses, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, the the WalMarts and Home Depots and and those kinds of places have been having traffic all along because they were considered essential yeah i would i would assume that too and i think also they you know those kind of big box chains also have a really strong online presence right so it's kind of like an integrated whether they offer order online and pickup or order online and delivery 
um, I, I definitely think they were able to weather this differently than small and medium-sized businesses. Does does uh, this new trend of, of curbside pickup for, you know, I'm thinking largely grocery stores, but, I, you know, I've had the experience at, at Home Depot and other places of, uh, you know, pulling up and, and somebody from their staff brings something out to the car. Does that count as in-person foot traffic? Or is that too new to measure? That would not, within our data, that likely would not count as in-store foot traffic. So it's it's literally walking into the uh, to the building and, and shopping and picking things up yourself. Yes. Yeah, well, so our, our tech really takes into consideration not only that you're coming into the physical building, but it also looks at different criteria set by each merchant. So dwell time, for instance, is a, is a big factor. You know, you might spend five to ten minutes in a coffee shop, but in a place, in like a bowling alley, for example, like if someone spent five to ten minutes, they probably weren't bowling. They may were maybe dropping their kids off. That would not count as a visit. The criteria for a bowling alley might be something like you have to spend at least 40 minutes to be considered a visit. Oh, interesting. What, what about home improvement places? I, I think a lot of people have been doing home improvement projects. <laughs> um, they're spending so much time at home, they think, boy, I'd really like to put a new coat of paint in this room. Um, is, is there any evidence that people are spending longer times in uh, certain kinds of places, or, or would that show up? That would show up. Um, we would have that. We can we can essentially break our data down by category, so we could look at different categories in restaurants. So, like an Italian place versus a steakhouse um, versus Chinese, etc. I don't know if we have. Um, I don't know if we have a breakdown for home improvement, but again, that's a, a fantastic question that I want to bring back to the team because that's again, you're right. Like we've seen a lot of that. The, the cost of these materials has skyrocketed because of that demand. So I wouldn't be surprised if that showed up. Just some interesting things to ponder. What were some of the things, as you look at this report, and you see reports like this all the time, were there things that that stood out to you? What were some of the things that either surprised you or you thought was especially worthy of notice? Yeah, so that's a great question. I mean, aside from the the overall increase. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that surprised me is that I I would have thought that the overall increase was maybe being driven um, by bars and restaurants because, you know, as you mentioned before, COVID fatigue is real. And as regulations have started to lift, I think people have been really anxious to sit down at their favorite restaurant and go out to eat. But actually, we saw that the the overall percentage of lift related to bars and restaurants specifically was lower than that overall lift, which says that, you know, it's really retail that's driving that increase. That That is interesting because I would make the same sort of assumption that it was people who were um, it, it, not so concerned about having their food and beverages at their favorite establishment but seeing the other people yeah you know getting out of the house and being around other people 
um, would would be a real driving factor. And I'm not sure you have that same experience in retail. Yeah, that's exactly right. And is there any sense that the amount of time that people spend in retail is longer now than it would have been two years ago just because people are so happy to be out of the house they're they're just wandering (laughs) around the stores saying if i'm out i'm out (laughs) yeah i don't i actually don't have any uh uh information handy on dwell time um but again i'm happy to follow up if that's something you're interested in well i just you know I'm, i'm i'm trying to figure out what kinds of things uh that you and and others at Zenreach extrapolate from a report of this kind. Um, obviously, the the uh, the increase is the headline. You know that's a big deal. When you're talking about you know a 90 day trend of you know up over 47 percent, um, things are starting to move again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you know I looked at the numbers prior to coming on the show, and we are seeing a little bit of, like, it's slowed down a little bit over the past week. Again, you know, we're looking at a, a, a week, right? So things can change. But I wonder if some of that is also in response to some of the increasing numbers that we're seeing. Yeah, I was um, going to ask about that. Cases. I was going to ask if you were seeing any, uh, you know, ups and downs based on uh, COVID case reporting and hospitalizations. Um, Michigan is, you know, out front now in the nation for, you know, increases in in COVID cases and hospitalizations. And, you know, I would expect that that Detroit number to dip a little bit. Yeah. I think looking at it over the past couple weeks, it's like I mentioned, things have slowed down. The the visits have slowed down. we can only speculate what that's in response to, but given the conditions in Michigan right now, I wouldn't be surprised if that's, again, in response to the kind of increase in cases over the past couple weeks. Well, typically you collect this information and, and generate these reports so that clients and the general public can uh, make their own speculations about why these trends are occurring, right? Yes, that's correct. Um is there a sense that that and I, i'm not sure how to how to how to even phrase this or if you would even know if the information would even be this specific but a lot of retail establishments and especially restaurants have you know literally relayed out their operation to be a little bit more public safety minded you know tables are farther apart in restaurants you know they're not operating at at full capacity Um, retail establishments have put up plexiglass between clerks and customers and and there are all these efforts that that businesses have made to try to figure out ways to continue to operate fairly normally but still maintain some distance um do you get any sense that the ones that there are some who do that better than others and are they seeing more traffic than others i'm sure there's varying degrees of the of you know some establishments doing that better than others but that's something that you know 
we wouldn't have the ability to track. That, that's going to be so one-off and so ex exclusive to each location that that's not something that we would have the ability to like ladder back in the data. Yeah, I just I just wondered if there was you know any any sense that people were responding to the efforts by businesses to show a little more preparedness for the return of customers. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely evidence that they're responding. I think I saw a statistic recently that mentioned that um, that some customers won't even consider businesses that don't have a contactless payment solution right now. And we've seen a lot of new technology being injected into all different industries, but I think especially restaurants, um, you know, really trying to, like you said, encourage social distancing to make people feel safe, whether it's contactless menu, contactless payment, um, even like different options for delivery and takeout. I think, I think the diligence there will continue to be a really important part of their operation moving through spring and summer. Even with this optimism, there's still a lot of evidence that says that customers are still, still apprehensive and they want that extra layer of security. Yeah, and I would think that that for wait staff in restaurants around the country, uh, as if their their job wasn't tough enough, now they're doing it for an entire shift wearing a mask. Yeah, <laughs> that's got to be tough. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. That's it's it's other level. I don't, I don't think any of us ever pictured that we would be here. <laughs> Is um. It, are you and others at Zenreach able to work remotely? Is it is it so uh, driven by tech that you can literally run the business uh, from remote locations? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. We actually have offices in San Francisco, Phoenix, um, Kitchener, Waterloo, up outside of Toronto, and I'm out here. I'm a, I'm out here in Jersey City, <laughs> so I'm a full time remote employee um but yeah the whole all the offices have been working remotely and aside from the occasional <clears throat> setup request where we may need to help a merchant kind of set up initially we're, we're entirely remote was that something that was uh, always the case or, or something you had to adapt to because of covid yeah that was a pivot so while i well Obviously, we've, we've been able to be effective and productive working from home. Um, I do think there's also a lot of benefits to being in person, you know, whether it's just simply relationship building all the way through to collaboration. You know, we make it work the same way everybody is right now. But, um, but yeah, this was, a, this was an adaptation. I, they closed their offices, I think, in March of last year and haven't been back since. Um. Megan, you're the, the the vice president of marketing. How do you how do you go about marketing the ZenReach uh, product to stores and restaurants? Is it is that done pretty much uh, um, electronically? Yeah, for the most part, our emphasis is on digital. Um, that's where a lot of our, especially now with everyone working from home, you know, trade shows used to be a big part of our marketing strategy. Yeah. That has, um, obviously, a lot of trade shows have either converted virtually or been canceled. We are seeing some of that starting to pick back up, which we're pretty excited about. But for the, 
for the majority of, of our team's day-to-day -day work, it's a lot of thought leadership, content marketing, um, public relations, email campaigns with our clients, uh, really spans the gamut of digital marketing. Now, the data that you collect, is, can anybody access that, or is there some information that's available to the public and some that's for uh, your member merchants only? Yeah, so right now, um, right now that's just for us and our merchants, but uh, you are kind of, you're uh, getting a sneak peek here, but we are working on creating something that can be more publicly available, hopefully um, within the next few months, uh, that can help kind of track these foot traffic trends over time and give people easy access to them from our website. And I, I was just wondering, because I think a lot of people would be curious in this report that we're talking about that shows, uh, you know, a 47% uh, increase um, January 1st um, from where we were in 2020, um, or the, at least the 90-day trend from January 1st to uh, to just recently uh, compared to a year ago, that 47% increase is uh, something I think a lot of people would find interesting. And I was just wondering if these reports are, are made public, maybe on your website, or if there was some place that people could go to, you know, look at the specifics. We've talked about just a handful, but... Um, is that something that, that people can dig into? Uh, can John Q. Public find out what those trends are by going to your website? At this point in time, no, but that is something that we're working on. Well, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that because I, I think some of the... Uh, you know, I understand that that what you're doing is designed to give information to your client merchants and restaurants but at the same time you're able to generate reports that I think are significant that I I think that uh, media and the public would be very interested in some of this information I appreciate you sharing it with me oh absolutely we're and we're happy to like these are the types of trends and cues that we we want to be sharing with the industry because you know, outside of outside of our data, I haven't seen any other foot traffic indexes that are as accurate as ours or as widespread as ours. So operators being able to kind of take cues from this about, you know, how to adjust their operations or more importantly when to adjust their operations, I think I think this is gonna be a really valuable thing for for everyone in the future. Well and I think it has uh Megan, I think it has the potential to inspire consumers a little bit if they think other people are out you know doing these things that that maybe maybe it's safe to come out a little bit yeah that's a really good point just like you know oh well other people are doing it like i feel like i maybe i could feel more comfortable doing it that's a great point well megan thank you for sharing this information with me and the listeners this morning i really appreciate it my uh, my guest is uh, megan winterstein she is the vice president of marketing at zenreach um megan keep up the good work thanks so much thanks so much for having me tom take care you too bye-bye and with that we'll have more of the tom sumner program straight ahead
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. 
Tom Sumner Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Opening up this segment with um, a performance by the uh, Vienna State Opera Orchestra led by Hans Hagen of uh, the United Kingdom's National Anthem, God Save the Queen. In uh, just a hat tip to the passing of Prince Philip who uh, passed away this morning peacefully at uh, Windsor Castle after... Returning last month from a month-long stay in the hospital, he had uh, undergone a procedure for a pre-existing heart condition at St. Bartholomew's. He was 99 years old. He uh, married Prince, then Princess Elizabeth in 1947, five years before she became queen, and subsequently he has been the longest-serving royal consort in British history. I love the way they put uh, things on the BBC, and uh, that's where I'm I'm getting this uh, report from. So, in the very near future, we will be uh, seeing a uh, royal funeral, and how they'll figure out how to how to stage that in this age of pandemic. But it was ten years ago when when uh, uh, William and Kate got married, and uh, 10 years ago this month, in fact, uh, Big Al Muscovito from the uh, Dick Purton Show in Detroit uh, joined me for a little skit about the royal wedding in which he plays Queen Elizabeth, and I thought maybe this was an appropriate time to bring this back and and have a little fun and uh, tip our hats to this uh, solemn occasion at the same time. Well, this coming weekend, uh, everyone here in the colonies will be looking back across the pond to merry old England as yet another fascinating royal wedding is about to take place. I set out to uh, find somebody that was authoritative, but behind the scenes that could, uh, you know, speak to the issue and talk a little bit about it. So I called the royal palace and I got lucky. I, I got a chance to talk to the queen herself. 
Good. Uh, hi, Your Royal Highness. How are you? Well, you're lucky day, Mr. Sumner, because my receptionist is off, and I answered my own phone, which is unusual. I don't often talk to commoners, but good day to you. It's my pleasure. While I have a moment or two, I have to take Camilla out for her daily run in just a moment. So, but I'm happy to talk to you. <laughs> How did you find out about the uh, the upcoming nuptials? You know, William asked Kat, well, said Kat, Kate, um, uh, Catherine, if you will, um, I think they were in some sort of trip over in Africa. <clears throat> and he, this is true. And he took a diamond with her there, and he, he actually sent someone by horse. And uh, it took all of three weeks, but they finally made it back. And then, of course, by carrier pigeon, because we do things quite traditionally here, you know, not on Facebook and so on and so forth. So I found about out about three weeks later by courier. Are you excited about the wedding? I'm terribly excited. You know, I'm getting uh, up in years, as you know, and I'm, I want to start having a little more fun. So I'm going to boogie the night away. I can't wait. Uh, Elton John's going to be there. There's rumors Kanye West might stop by, and I love his rap. And so I'm thinking of really having a good time. You know, we're kind of known as a stuffy group, but I think this time I'm going to let loose. What do you think? Well, I, I, I'm all for letting loose. Um, will you Will you dance in the wedding? I will. I plan on dancing. I love the hustle. Um, I hurt my back last night practicing the Macarena with Philip. But I'm on some Advil, and I think I'm okay now. I'm pretty loose. And uh, so we'll do a few little line dances like that and so on and so forth. And the bunny hop. You ever do the bunny hop where you hop around the room? That's always fun. <laughs> I, I haven't, but... but I, I shall take it up now. Wonderful, wonderful. You sound like such a nice young man. I, 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 is this becoming, uh, royal weddings, is this becoming somewhat old hat? You've, you've been through a couple with, uh, uh, with um, uh, Prince Charles. Yeah, we've, we don't have exactly a good track record in the family. And uh, speaking of old hats, I'm actually pulling out one of my older hats that I haven't worn in over 50 years for the occasion. I've wanted to keep it just right for the occasion. It's uh, over six feet wide, and I, it's pink, and it's beautiful, and I can't wait to wear it. But no, you know, it's always good to have a joyous occasion, and, uh, you know, it's fun to drop, you know, several million in coin just to have a big party. And, um, yes, it, it never gets old hat. As long you know, we only live once, and you might as well enjoy the good times, don't you think? Uh, absolutely. Where will the royal couple be honeymooning? Well, there's several rumors going around. They haven't even told old grandma yet. And, um, you know, there's been talk that they might go to the Mideast. I read this in the paper the other day. It's true. They might go to Jordan, or they might go to an island in Mystique. That's where a lot of celebrities go. I, for one, you know, because they're a little more down-to-earth than the usual royal couple, I've suggested they go to, like, a like a water park or something, like a Four Bears, and, you know, thing. And or Six Flags, whatever it's called. Because that would be fun, and it's youth rather than the old travel around the world type thing. I, I think they could have fun at Splash Mountain or something like that. Do you enjoy those kinds of things, theme parks and that sort of thing? I actually went to my first water park.
back last year, last summer. I had a great time. I <laughs> flew, I'll never, my tiara flew off right at the end and poked Philip in the eye. But it was <laughs> fun. It was a great deal of fun. And uh, I went on a log ride and, and so on and so forth. And we're thinking of coming back to Canada this year and go to Niagara Falls. I, I'm half tempted to go over in a barrel. I, I've always wanted to try that. You mentioned a little bit ago that, that you do things quite traditionally yes. uh, when you have these kinds of functions. Um, but when you're not in the yes. public eye, is there an informality in the palace uh, between you and the grandchildren and that sort of thing? What kinds of things do you call each other? Well, you know, there is a little bit of informality, um, but, you know, we're not... We're not the most emotional type. As a matter of fact, my grandchildren are only allowed within five feet of me. So, but we're warming up a bit. Um, I've been known occasionally, if I've gotten a little bit into the liquor cabinet, I will occasionally, with a few of the guards at Buckingham Palace, play a, a rousing game of Twister. But, um, you know, they call me QE2 around the old uh, homestead and, you know, uh, not not too informal. We we try to keep the traditions alive, but we're warming up a bit. But uh, we're like any other, you know, filthy rich, non-tax-paying royal family. Are you fond of uh, of Kate? Oh, she's a delight. Isn't she adorable? Such a pretty girl for a commoner. And her family's chipping in 500 mil for the wedding, and I'm pleased about that. But she's a sweet girl, and I'm glad that uh, her and William have taken some time to get to know each other. And, you know, eight years around, and, they, you know, they've, they've known each other for eight years. And you get to develop a relationship like that. And, and then, uh, you know, so, you know, they got it out of their system. I don't think they have to sleep around anymore. Us, us royals keep save that for after we get married. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't believe I said that out loud. <laughs> well, I, you can say anything you want on this uh, show. Thank you, Mr. Sumner. Sumner, that sounds English. What is that? What's your background? That sounds uh, English. It is English. Very good. I, I think I'm... Is your grandfather Sir William Sumner by any chance? It's entire. Well, it wouldn't be my grandfather. Yes, because I had him beheaded about ten years ago. <laughs> but that's a whole other long story. Well, the Sumners have been through some trials. <laughs> yes, they have. Well, we didn't have a trial. We just cut his head off. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It must be good to be the queen. It's good to be the queen. And I know I know, my dear Charles, my son, is waiting for me to fall off the throne. I've been on the throne so long, my legs are falling asleep. But that happens to everybody. <laughs> Your Highness, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us. And good luck with the, uh, with the event and thank with you, everything that's going on. Well, thank you. And if anybody out there who got an invitation that has trouble finding Buckingham Palace for the reception, the wedding reception, we're going to be attaching two balloons to the mailbox out front so you won't be able to miss it. Well, that, that'll help if, it'll if, help. Yes, if, if, if Google won't uh, give us the proper directions. You got it. Yo, Google Maps, I love it. <laughs> Helps me when I go on my fox hunts. Will you take care of Thomas Sumner? And if you're ever over across the pond in the old country, coming from your little colonies, knock on the door and ask for me. I'll let you in instantaneously. I would love to do that, Your Highness, and God save the Queen. God save the Queen, and God, I hope I save some money on this party.
you pilots get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.